This Short Code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews by students for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Short Coat Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Elder, but who cares? I am but a man. My co-hosts today, every one of them, like the Marvel Universe superheroes of medical education. Elaine Sanduk. Hello. Arisa Mahaparn. I am a man as well. And and Tony Rosenberg. Salutations. Maybe superhero Mark Mubarak will join us later. I'm not sure. He's in California. He was going to join us by Skype. He was supposed to join me by Skype the other day, and he ditched me. Maybe he's on California time. I didn't even think Ooh. of that. Actually, oh. I think he's taking... Oh, yeah. It could Shoot. be it's like 10 a.m. for him. Yeah, I think he's taking yeah. a practice test today, actually. Oh, Mark. Yeah. How do you know that? How dare <laughs> he prioritize his career over hanging out with us? I know. Love Unbelievable. Mark. You and Mark have been uh, studying together. Yeah. By, mm-hmm. uh, by Skype. By Skype, yeah. Since he went to California. Mm-hmm. Um, how's that? Is it, is, do you like ask each other questions or do you like just hang out together? Uh, we kind of just sit there and it feels like there's another person around. <laughs> um, and then on occasion we'll like, so we mute ourselves mm-hmm. and then if we have a question or something important that comes up, like, Hey, did you uh, know this? Okay. Or Hey, yeah. Wow. Muting each other would be handy in real life. I know. Right. <laughs> it really would That's be. That's why I wish I was deaf. Not really, but they're called earplugs. Dave. Yeah. Oh, okay. They're not. They're I not. just wait for the wax to build That's up it. in my ears, and then it's really. We bad. could play some really loud music <laughs> and uh, give you some hearing loss, and then we can get you hearing aids, and you can just take out the hearing aids when you don't want to hear anything. Wait, let me sing the song of my people. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I used to do the same thing, like actually with my parents when my dad was living abroad. We would just Skype, and then I would just. I would literally put him in my corner, quote unquote, and just like leave him there. And like, it's like having another person in the room, mm-hmm. even if they're not physically there. Yeah. We know we talk. So we showed my grandma back in Thailand how to, um, how to use Skype. And then, so we introduced her to it. And then we're all thrilled because like, oh my God, we can see grandma. We can talk to her in real time. <laughs> and she's just like, no, this is weird. Yeah. yeah. So let's switch yeah. back to using a phone card. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Well, I'm glad you're here today to help me answer listener Hannah's question about the timing of applications uh, to discuss how the Trump administration's travel ban affects health care. Uh, we've got another listener question, Amari's question about weight gain during medical school and the potential for a vaccine for type 1 diabetes. Maybe we'll work in a game at the end. I'm not going to promise anything. Dave, 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 games, games, games. Dun, dun, dun. So thank you for coming today. As I said, listener Hannah sent in a question about the timing of her medical school application and receiving her MCAT score. Focus your ear holes on Hannah. I am a long-time listener and have enjoyed every episode. I am preparing to submit my application for med school in the next few weeks. Due to some timeline conflicts with classes, I have to take my MCAT this August. I am afraid that my chances are so low for any acceptance because my complete application including my MCAT score will not be official before September. Is this a valid concern? All the schools I am applying to have deadlines in October or November. Do they hold true to these dates? 
applying again next cycle would not be a terrible option, I am comfortable with taking a gap year. However, I would ideally like to get in this cycle. How late is too late? Thanks for the informative and funny podcast. Carver College of Medicine is in my top five. Yay! Thanks, Robot Hannah. Thanks for that, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, any any th- do you guys remember, I mean, yeah. this whole question? We will remember... That it's experience been, forever, basically. Kind of like the 5th of no- November. November, yeah. remember. <laughs> but without fireworks and without any barbecues. Yeah. Except not fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just mm-hmm. so, so, I mean, did you guys have to really push it to get in under a deadline? Is that why you remember? It's yep. not so much a strict deadline style was worried about. It was a rolling admissions mm-hmm. deadline, wasn't it? Yep. That's it. Yeah. What I remember, um, and I'm sure that hasn't really changed, but the application, AMCAS opens June 1st, I think. And everyone is advised to get their application in as soon as possible even if the deadline is in november october that's meaningless because by the time you apply at that point you're so far down the list behind so many other people Mm -hmm. whose applications they have considered that they may have already decided kind of what the class is going to look like at that point um but having said that i do know people who've gotten in applying in september and october Mm -hmm. so it's not impossible however the likelihood is very very low it's lower than if you did it right away so that's that's yeah. you're talking about amcas getting your application in yeah. does that are you including in there the uh the MCAT score as well? Yeah, it's not so complete until... They, yeah, okay. yeah, I don't think they'll... I'm not sure if they'll even look at your application without an MCAT score. Well, I don't think they will. Yeah. Some schools exceptionally will look without the MCAT score, but your application sure. isn't quote-unquote complete and then delivered to the schools mm-hmm. if there's no MCAT score included. Yeah. And I think it is kind of dependent. Like, mm-hmm. if you blew the MCAT out of the water and you have great extracurriculars and you're, like, a prime, prime, prime candidate... I'd be less worried about it and say, go for it. Just be the big beefy um, burrito of med school applicants. Let's call it that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Big beefy burrito of med beef, school beef, applicants. Bacon burrito. Yeah. If you're like the nicest person anyone's ever met and you've traveled abroad published and three like papers, saved lives and mm-hmm. published three papers and like you've got all these things going for you, then I would say go for it. Yeah. If you contain uh, shaved steak rather than ground beef. And yeah. bacon. Mm-hmm. If you have a first author from the New England Journal of Medicine. Yeah, yeah, you could still get in. <laughs> I mean, and it's not yeah. like saying that you're not going to get into any schools that you try this point. Just that I think that you should have the best chance possible and you might get that best chance on the next cycle. Yeah, I, I, I ran this uh, question by Dan, uh, who wasn't able to be here this week. Um, and he had a few things to say. First of all, his recommendation is to just take the MCAT when you're ready to take it. Don't worry about timing. Mm-hmm. Just take it when you're ready to do well based on your practice test don't rush it so that you can apply earlier um so that's some general advice not applying super late he says is more important than applying early um so he says well he said think of it like tickets to an event if if StubHub and shady street scalpers didn't exist (laughs) i'm reading this word for word now uh, once all the tickets are sold out you're out of luck with applications once all the interview slots are filled you're out of luck Mm-hmm. Um, he says it's important to add CCOM, the CCOM deadline is December 15th and we don't in, and we do not fill our interviews by then so there are interviews sent to those who apply late but it's far more competitive against right. thousands of people who remain in the pool as opposed mm-hmm. to far fewer there in July and August mm-hmm. yeah you're really doing yourself a favor by applying early right yeah mm-hmm. um, so yeah. that would seem to argue to wait 
and take a gap year. Yeah, I would uh, say definitely. Save, I would save the money. Yeah, it, it can be expensive. It's expensive that's to, the main to apply. Reason. Yeah, it can be hundreds of dollars. And then if she gets secondaries, that's another added. And then yeah. and that's not even guaranteed. But and the other thing he wanted to say about this um, is that uh, all schools are different. So, you know, they have a different deadlines, they have a different review process, um, all that kind of stuff. So he would say, go for quality more than worry about timing. 100%. Um, yep. yeah, I'd agree with and, that. And, and, and also over quantity of schools that you apply to. Mm -hmm. um, well, yeah, who's had that much money? Well, people. I, I know people, people who've applied to like 30 or 40 schools. Oh, oh that, yeah, that, that was normal. Some people, yeah. some people do it even if they don't have the money. I mean, I think just, I applied to 10. Oh. Yeah, I think it was around and that, 12. like oh. yeah, twelve for me. I think. Oh no, my! I applied to thirty-three. <laughs> but, but I'm from California. No one is surprised by that. No, but I'm from California, so it's like it's a little bit different system. Yeah, you guys. That's hard. Yeah. I would say, yeah. and another thing is, if you do take that gap year, I think that only serves to enhance your application if you like choose to do something that's going to be related to the medical field, whether it's research or working as a CNA or whatever it is. And I think, mm -hmm. I don't know, having a little bit of life experience removed from college really benefited me. Um, and even a year of taking, you know, time, I think can really kind of shift some perspective and come across in an yeah. application. Yeah. Same, it's becoming less, well, it's still common, but I feel like it's coming less and less common to come to medical school directly out of college. It feels that more and more people are taking gap years just to either do something that's personally meaningful to them or that looks really good on an application. And that's what we always say about gap years. Do something that's personal, personally meaningful to you. Don't just do it to check a box. Mm -hmm. Well, some people too will do that because they have a lot of debt and they want to pay that down mm -hmm. before they take on. Yeah, there's know, all kinds of good reasons to do a gap year. And I don't think any, I don't think most schools would, you know, most most schools that I would want to apply to would not have a problem with, mm -hmm. with a gap year at all. And I'll say this. I mean, I don't know that there's a single person in the history of ever that would have taken a gap year and looked back at the end of their life and said, wow, my life sucked because I didn't work for one more year. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I yeah. just don't think that's a thing. I can't believe I didn't go to med school one year sooner. Yeah. No, I'm, you know. I took like one, like two gap years and I'm, ha I'm super happy that I did. I, I like, I wouldn't, I would not look back on it. I mean, I would look back on it, but I would not like change it ever. <laughs> I would not look back on it. I, I had five. Yeah, I was yeah. out for a while. Well, uh, Daniel also said, if, you're, if your heart is set on applying this year, um, Hannah, one great way to stand out late in the application cycle is to clearly display why you're a great fit for that school. Mm. And um, it's difficult to do if you're casting a wide net to many different schools, because then you have to really, you know, you have to spend a lot of time on your 50 applications or whatever trying to make sure that you're a good fit for that school. So if you're going mm -hmm. to apply late, he suggests limiting the number you apply to so that you can really do a good quality application specific to that school and that school's needs or wants. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's that's something I think it's good applicants advice for everyone. Yeah, everyone should be doing that and applying or including their application, specific reasons why they'd want to go to that school. Because like the schools know when you're just like, you know, casting like, a net. Yeah, casting a broad net and just like, you know, machine gunning your applications all over the place, <laughs> hoping you hit something mm -hmm. versus someone who's like, 
like when I applied, I mentioned uh, how much I liked there being a VA so close to the campus because I was really interested in combat medicine. Mm -hmm. And I was interested in the injuries incurred during, you know, wartime and conflict. And I think like that was something specific to Iowa City and specific to the school here. And they noticed that. Mm -hmm. But I think maybe in Hannah's case, it's disproportionately more important. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll lower the cost too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So cost is very important. Would and it, and in that case, you know, if 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 somehow the five schools that you applied to, you know, didn't take you up on your application, you can still take your gap year, mm-hmm. apply again next year. Yeah, continue to refine that that application. Not everybody gets in on the first try. In fact, a lot of people, maybe the majority of people, don't yeah. get in on their first try. So, um, you know, don't worry too much about that. I think regardless, she should make a plan for her year. Like she should absolutely have a backup plan, Mm -hmm. Um, whether like because it's it's going to be hard applying at this point and the likelihood of getting in is so low that she really should have a plan. And then maybe would it be helpful for Hannah if we like threw out some ideas for what she could do in her gap year? Because I think it's well, we've always said on the show, we've said a few times on the show that it almost doesn't matter what gap year you do as long as you can make a case for why you did it or what you got out of it that um, will be relevant to your time. Obviously, you know, a good gap year is, is, you know, a really good gap year is going to be like something that enhances your application so that, you know, in, in a way that was relevant to, to medicine. That's, a, that, you know, that's a pretty obvious mm-hmm. um, good gap year. But you can do almost anything. Like you could be a camp counselor. You could be, you know... Um, she could do city years. She could do teach for America. Right, right. Post back at an age. You could do many, many, many things. Masters and in public health. All yeah. those things. Wow, it's quite a gap year. <laughs> um, but any of those things, you could make a case for being um, relevant to your future as a physician. What did you learn? I mean, what did you what did you get out of it that you can then turn around and apply to your to your future as a physician. And that's what's I, important. I think you could even make a case, I mean, kind of going on an extreme, even if you just traveled for a year or like mm-hmm. you went like backpacking for a significant amount of time or something, like that can also be incorporated into kind of self-discovery and why that would make you a more competent physician because yeah. that's super important. I so, think, Other than prison time, I think there's few... <laughs> There's few bad gap years, gap year jobs or gap year activities. That I'm sure you could someone do. could spin that. I learned a lot about prison <laughs> healthcare disparities. You know, like mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Diabetes care in prison, especially, is horrible, horrible. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I learned how to use needles really well when I was giving myself <laughs> prison tattoos. I can like just to be a counterpoint for that. I just worked as a lab tech. I did absolutely nothing spectacular during my two gap years, but I had a nice amount of money that I could use for my living expenses and not have to take out as many loans. So a research job is probably at the top of the list of things. That's what I did. Oh yeah. no, but for it's a not significant like, portion. Yeah. No, but it's not like academic research. It's just like you know making antibodies, not conjugating novel. Yeah, but that's good that stuff because yeah, that's, that's good. good stuff because. Oh. If if you did research, if, if you then went on to do research in med school, that's a leg up because you don't have to be, you may not have to be taught how to do, you know, all that stuff in order to do your research in med school, right? See, talk to yeah. Dave. I never thought of it. I, not, I never thought of it that way. And it's super detail oriented. Yeah. Um, spin it that way. Dude, all I did was like sit at a counter and watch water dripping through tubes. 
Well, honestly, <laughs> even, I could do that at home. Even yeah, just in your basement. Even just, <laughs> even just being in that environment, I think, is really helpful because, admittedly, there are med students who take that summer off after the first year and to go and do research, and they've never done it. And unfortunately, the people who take those students on have to spend a significant Ooh. amount of time just showing them how to Here's hold the pipette. a pipette or how to do basic dilution math or how to make oh. buffers, mm-hmm. like. Those are not intuitive things. Those are difficult things. But yeah. if you've had that exposure, even if you've just seen it done, I think that is a significant leg up, like Dave said. Yeah. Not to brag, but I was one who always made the buffer when they ran out. <laughs> nice. You're welcome, you were the guys. Buffer, you were the buffer lady. I was the buffer bitch. Oh, I mean, <laughs> you were a good lab citizen. Yeah. yeah or, no. or you can just be like me and always, always avoid any work in a wet lab whatsoever. Okay. I've done a ton of research, but none of it was in a wet hey, lab. Yeah. And lots I of, couldn't be happier. Lots of important uh, <laughs> yeah. clinical research out there, right? Yeah. I sat looking at brain scans all day. And so. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. In all honesty, though, I think that what I got most out of like my time working there was that I absolutely love my coworkers. Like, they were the best people. Like, seriously, we had like a code of bird calls who used to, co- to communicate in lab. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm still friends with some of these people. I still really, I still really miss them, and they're just some of the best people I've ever met. So, is was there yeah. a, is the bathroom unoccupied bird call, or uh, whose turn is it to wash the beakers? It's always my turn. <laughs> <laughs> can you give can you can you give us a bird call? Um <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, um that's a peacock and we just did it whenever we were bored. <laughs> okay. Very good. Nice. So uh Hannah, uh good luck. Keep us posted. Uh let us know how it goes. Uh if we if if you end up getting in this cycle, love to hear about that. If you decide to take a a uh, a year and do something else love to hear about that uh next up we have another listener question from amari a little sorry i just got really excited because when i saw amari i was like oh my god anna amari is sending us messages who and then is, i realized who is that oh shoot it can't be what who is anna amari um, never mind. Okay. <laughs> she thinks it's a friend of hers, it sounds like. Yeah, no, no, I thought that I thought it was like a super famous person, but then I'm like, oh, oh, okay, never mind. I don't know who that person is. <laughs> never mind. Me either. Not famous enough for me. Listener Mari is a little worried about her weight as she p- prepares to start her post-undergraduate journey in medicine. Let's hear from <laughs> Amari. What's up, Dave and all you other people on the voicemail? My name's Amari from the beloved state of Missouri. I know we all love Missouri. So next month, I'm going to be an incoming OMS-1, and I'm excited for one. But also, I have a question. So currently, I'm a little overweight. Shock, shock. I came from college where we drink. But I just want to know, I really want to get into nutrition and, you know, meal prepping and stuff like that. Is that attainable during my first year, or am I doomed to, you know, gain like 60 pounds in the first (laughs) month? So I really like to hear if you guys, like, gained weight, lost weight, or anything like that. So, yeah, you've done a great job. Super funny, super inspiring. So, let us know. Bye. Uh, it was cool to hear an actual person's voice. Yeah, yeah totally. Hey, man. Wow. Sometimes like it that. happens. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there a an equivalent to the freshman fifteen? Yes, because you're exiting your 20s, your metabolism slows down, you get a lot of aches and pains you never knew about, and basically just starts start your body just starts going downhill. You're also, Yay. <laughs> Yay. Sorry. You're also losing a lot of sleep, which uh, makes you crave carbs. And so it turns into a vicious cycle oh. of, you know, s- increasing your fat content. Mm. I actually lost mm-hmm. weight 
Was it stress? Um, I don't know. I mean, I was never like overweight, but some of it was on like five pounds on purpose and then surgery rotation happened. And I definitely had like a few tablespoons of peanut butter for dinner a few times. <laughs> um, and then breakup happened, which I always lose weight. Mm-hmm. Um, the breakup diet. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's why I lost weight during my first year, too. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I've just seen find it go both ways. Amari, just start out by going and finding yourself a relationship. Yeah. Falling deeply in love and then breaking up. <laughs> Uh, step Ideally, one, fall in love. Ooh. Step two, starve yourself out of depression. <laughs> yeah, Optional make a lifelong commitment and throw it away. <laughs> Optional step three, move in with them. Oh. Have all your stuff in the same place, oh and then gosh. you'll lose at least five or ten more pounds. Yeah. I think that's what Hugh Jackman did to become Wolverine. I oh, think well. so, too. Yeah. yeah. I read that somewhere. <laughs> but no kidding, though. On my rotations, I actually gained weight. I went from one, 106 pounds to 116, which is a significant amount. That's pretty good for a tiny person. No, that's a lot for tiny. Well, yeah. if you're if you're a smaller person, then ten pounds shows very distinctly on your body. Dude, believe say. me, I don't fit any of my interview clothes. That's that's really hard. Actually, mm-hmm. is having to shop for new clothes when your weight changes. Yeah, I haven't gone around to it either, so I'm just squeezing in in the meantime. It's horrible. I know, like to talk on like the meal prepping mm-hmm. thing, though. I know yeah. a lot of people that do that. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not good at it. Um, but I know a lot of my friends, like every Sunday, they're like, I'm going to spend two or three hours and cook mm-hmm. up a bunch of stuff and ration it out. Uh, those people are way more type A than I am. And I think it's a pretty yeah, common activity. And, it's, yeah. and, and yeah. you know, like it's a good one of the relief. right. And, and also one of the things that, you know, sort of eating out and eating low quality food all the time, that's probably going to have you gain weight. And so you could probably automatically do better just by um, taking that effort every Sunday or whatever to fix up a bunch of meals for the week. And it feels good. It feels like you're like taking care of yourself. It feels like you're human mm-hmm. again. You can control how much fat and salt too you put into your food because like eating out is great because it's loaded with fat and salt, butter, and that's butter, what your yeah. body butter, butter. loves. Yeah, that's why yeah. it tastes so good because mm-hmm. it's loaded with stuff that's yeah. bad for you. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I, I, I meal prep regularly. I'm a pr- I pretty religiously, you know, I'm a huge foodie and I love cooking. So I, I still do that. I am super busy, but I still have time for it and it's not too much of a hassle. So I'm pretty confident that you can manage it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I said, cooking. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. that do it. I'm just, mm-hmm. not me. And if you get a CSA, that helps too. <laughs> so the other comment I wanted <laughs> to make though is what does she mean by overweight? Because that's very subjective, yeah. right? Like, especially in a culture where like our perceptions of our bodies are so distorted like she may be perfectly healthy but in her mind she feels like she's put on a lot of weight so it's hard, I, to, hard to say in this yeah. case I, yeah. <clears throat> I mean it seems like everybody these days is overweight to some degree or another mm-hmm. um, although the, the the other nice thing about entering med school, med school is that you are surrounded by people who care about this for stuff. better or for worse are generally pretty fit Mm-hmm. Um, at least compared to the general population. So if you're, you can always find people, I think, to, um, to exercise with, to um, cook with, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to, you know, whatever it is, whatever healthy behavior you want to reinforce, there's people who want to do the same thing mm-hmm. uh, around you. I think um, that's a really good point. <laughs> so, you know, look, look for those people. Um, Hang with the winners. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> um, okay. and, and yeah, and and use that mm-hmm. maybe uh, to to lead a healthy healthier lifestyle, and then then you won't have to worry about maybe so much yeah. about that. Said uh, some of us, like yours truly, seem to gain weight no matter what, and. That's also the problem of just working in an office where everybody's like, oh, I brought in donuts today. Yay. <laughs> oh, I brought in cookies Yay today. For me. Oh, look, bagels. They're, they're only 600 calories each. And then you add some cream cheese. Yay. Oh, it's birthday lunch day. Yay. Oh, my God. Uh, there is an internal mad resident, not going to name names, who is horrible at this. He also, he always brings in like the most delicious head sized cookies and bagels and yeah it's really hard to complain about that sort of thing but at the same time like man god damn your generosity i have no self-control it's food truck day yay yeah the food trucks are great we have uh here at the college of medicine every thursday from like march to friggin october the food trucks come to the uh the courtyard I would say there's probably a good 10, 15 on some days. I don't know how many. It's like so many food trucks. Either way, you see the entire population of research buildings just pouring out. Everybody comes out for food trucks. It's actually a really great event. Yeah, they got mm-hmm. music and uh, stuff like Yeah, that. they have music and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we call it Science Thursdays, um, but I think it's just food truck Thursdays for yeah. most people. And um, there's one, I can't, the, the uh, box lunch. Box lunch. Ooh. If you're in the Iowa yeah. City, you want a damn good burger. Go Ooh. to the box lunch food truck. Mother of God, one. I don't understand what they're putting in that burger, but I guarantee you... You don't want to know. It's making me fat. <laughs> it is delicious. Have you had the Caribbean place? Oh, yeah. yeah. Island Jamaican, vibes. Jamaican, yeah, that one's so good. People rave about that one. Oh, uh, yeah. um, so good. But the, the box lunch place is really, like, you'll recognize it. By the fact that the truck looks like a diner. Yeah. Which is kind of oh, cool. I've seen that diner. one. Yeah, yeah. I've never had it. I would highly recommend... Sorry, we're getting off track here. <laughs> I would highly <laughs> we're recommend... We're not helping Amari at all. I would highly yeah. recommend... If you come to Carver College, I mean, no, she's not. She's going to be OMS one. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if you're coming to the Carver College of Medicine for food truck day, get the magic mushroom burger mm. uh, from the box lunch. You'll stand in line for a long time. Mm-hmm. But, That's, uh, uh, it's good. Interesting name. Well, you know, it's just a mushroom, mushroom Swiss, mushroom, uh, mushrooms, Swiss, caramelized onions, burger, and whatever they do to that burger, it's freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. They so do something special. They don't sneak like any psilocybin in there. Or? Actual magic no, mushrooms. Unfortunately. <laughs> no, my unfortunately. Thursday, <laughs> my no, Thursdays remain <laughs> remain productive. The only way I could this do is... recreational drugs is to be tricked into it. <laughs> yeah. oh, and I'm really sad that no one has tried to do that to me. <laughs> Even though I have expressed it. We can get you interest. a magic mushroom burger and just throw some <laughs> actual magic mushrooms. Challenge accepted. <laughs> you know what? Did I ever tell you guys about the time that I've stopped by the police? One night I was driving downtown i think it was a saturday night i was driving downtown because a friend of mine you know was drunk and couldn't bike couldn't home drive. even <laughs> couldn't bike home yeah right good friend yeah. yeah yeah so i went and picked them up and then you know because the friend was just totally incoherent and i was trying to comfort them i accidentally turned the wrong way down a one-way street and it was totally fine there weren't cars coming or anything it was just an innocent mistake but i got pulled over by the police like immediately right mm-hmm. and when they came up like the very first question they asked was so how much weed have you smoked today <laughs> <laughs> not even really? do you smoke weed or you know do you have any weed on your per-? they just jumped right past that to like how much weed have you smoked today 
And I literally was like, uh, officer, my my parents are expats. And if they ever found out, you know, that I had tried weed and they knew like the police would be the least of my worries. <laughs> yeah. Like I would need to change my identity, move out of country and they would still find me. But, yeah, I think this is a very safe yeah. story. Mm -hmm. okay. I think so, too. Yeah, okay. I have. Uh, yeah. I almost turned the wrong way down a one-way street just the other day. I mean, I, I'm getting I worse too. as a driver as I get older. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, and then the other thing about getting sad is like you always feel guilty even if... You didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, <laughs> so that's where we're going with this, Amari. <laughs> Getting pulled over and accused yeah, of smoking yeah. the Have a magic ganj. mushroom burger. <laughs> Gained a good kush. Gain, yes. Gained <laughs> a good kush. I don't actually know what that means. Something we should remind Amari, though, of is that it's good to eat healthy and to take good care of yourself, but it's also okay to indulge once in a while. That can be very therapeutic. Mm -hmm. And just because you put on a little bit of weight, it doesn't mean you'll be less good at your job of being a student. And you might even increase your overall happiness and be more motivated to study if you you know treat yourself once in a while so and don't stress too much over healthy eating either yeah totally. <laughs> you haven't you will have enough to stress about mm -hmm. i think it's just a kind of like a do what you can if you can't and don't kind of thing yeah mm -hmm. oh. totally eat your veggies could a tuberculosis vaccine cure type 1 diabetes i don't mm -hmm. know could it i don't know it seems like it might according to this uh study were you waving at the bug? Yeah, sorry. There's a bug in the studio. It's driving everybody crazy. Mm -hmm. This is why I should have bought my cat. BCG or Bacillus, <laughs> yeah, Bacillus calmet-gurin vaccine has been used for about a century to inoculate against tuberculosis, but a new study suggests that it lowers, it can lower hemoglobin A1C, which is a measure of average blood sugar, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, it's it's months. the extent to which your um, red blood cells are glycosylated, which uh, is an indication of like long term hyperglycemia. Uh, and it seems to only work. It seems to work after only two doses. So the study was an eight year longitudinal randomized perspective trial of long term type one diabetics, along with the usual controls and all that sort of thing. Um, after three years following vaccination, A1C was down to near normal levels for the next five years. Um, it was, uh, there were 282 human research participants for both in vivo BCG vaccine clinical trial studies and in vitro mechanistic studies. I don't know what any of that means. That's lots of vitros. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, one was in people and the other was in a petri dish. Yep. What was the rationale for vaccinating because there's only two things that bcg is used for and that's treatment of bladder cancer <laughs> and mm -hmm. tuberculosis and yeah vaccination but we don't do that in the states no. that's that's overseas that's overseas yeah. so um my understanding is that it has been noticed that bcg vaccination has an effect a positive effect well i don't know if this is the right that's the right terminology but it has an effect at decreasing inflammation it's associated with decreased inflammation. Okay, associated yeah. with decreased inflammation, <laughs> yeah. sorry. And the thought was, if that's true, and if type 1 diabetes is essentially usually an autoimmune disorder, then maybe there would be some, uh, you know, some effect towards reducing the, whatever, auto, whatever immune response is triggering 
the type mm. one or creates the conditions for type one diabetes. But how are we going to help all of the type one diabetics who are also anti-vaxxers? <laughs> True. Mm. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, you know, of all the things you could take an issue with that we do in medicine, you know, including chemo, which is basically where we give you poison and hope that the poison kills your cancer before it kills you. Yeah. Like of all the interventions, I feel like vaccines are by far the most effective, the least invasive, the most economical. And the best studied. And the best studied. Like if you had to choose one thing that the medical community does that's bad, I feel like vaccines are the are the lowest possible yeah. thing on your list. My yeah. God, couldn't no. you have just chosen prednisone or something? Right. Yeah. right. No, prednisone. Prednisone's we, awful. Um the, getting back to the uh, diabetes thing, um, they did note that stable and long-term reductions in blood sugar and epigenetic changes for restored glucose tolerance hmm. were associated with the BCG vaccine. So this could be a big deal. I mean, you know, it seems like a pretty interesting study. I don't know enough to evaluate it against the background of all the other research, but where was the study done? Uh, this study was done in, well, it was published in Nature, if that helps. That does help. That does help, yeah. So, I don't know exactly well, where it was done. Well, which country is it here? That would be a good question. Oh, okay. That would be a good question. Yeah. So, Because you said they don't use BCG here except for those other. Yeah, it's highly unusual. I wonder unusual. if what they did is notice that people from endemic regions that had BCG vaccines had lower rates of type 1 diabetes or something, and like, then... Yeah, like maybe people maybe that they it administered it to who just so happen to have diabetes, they also know. Because, you know, like, for example, um, do you guys remember Latisse? That sounds so familiar. So it was a prescription uh, medication that was approved for um, growing eyelashes. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so originally. It's like Latanoprost? Mm -hmm. I think yeah. some, something like that. Latanoprost? Latanoprost. Yeah. Yeah. So when that medication was being tested, it was originally developed uh, for the treatment of glaucoma. And even though it wasn't effective for glaucoma, I think it was glaucoma. I, mm -hmm. I, it is glaucoma. Oh, yeah. Confirm. So um, what they noticed is that people like participants eyelashes were getting longer and fuller and they were like, hmm, OK, <laughs> let's just change the reason that we are submitting this application. And so, yeah, I wonder if um, you know, like Tony was saying, like maybe, you know, overseas, they just happened to notice that people who were getting this vaccine for totally unrelated reasons, you know, had this unintended side effect that is positive and could be, you know, yeah. capitalized on here. Could be. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll post a link to the article <clears throat> at theshortcoat.com and you can uh, you can check it out, learn more. Mm -hmm. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I read, I can't say I studied it extensively, but it seems interesting. I can't, I don't know enough to make an intelligent remark about it, but I got the BCG vaccine. So Yay! Yay. Yeah. <laughs> so, BCG might be acting as an adjuvant to act mm -hmm. like to stimulate the immune system to actually like suppress inflammation in a weird way because like one mm -hmm. of the like a lot of the major um, I was thinking of like asthma and like eczema and the worms and everything. Yeah, like there's a lot there's a, a lot of evidence to show that diabetics just have chronic low-level inflammation that leads to a lot of like the the um, negative outcomes and so maybe it's just activating the immune system in a way to suppress the inflammation mm. yeah. I don't know. Cool. all fine theories from fine scientific minds like yourselves Thank well, you. thanks dave you're welcome that includes you dave i don't know <laughs>
Last week, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the Trump administration's travel ban, allowing it to become permanent immigration policy. That's a problem for healthcare in the U.S. because healthcare relies heavily on foreign providers from the list of seven countries that were banned: Iran, Libya, North Korea, Somalia, Syria, Venezuela, and Yemen. Oh, Venezuela is on that list. Yes, it is. I wonder why. <clears throat> the Islam is not big in Venezuela. Uh, well, they probably denied Trump a they, building I, there. I think it was, I, you know, I want to say it was something like that. It was and like he was going to show them. Venezuela insulted yep. us or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. Venezuela I mean, is having a big economic crisis yeah. right now. Yeah, and, they are. So we're going to make it worse. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. exactly. A quarter of U.S. physicians are immigrants. I didn't realize that. A quarter. Mm -hmm. And a fifth of all healthcare workers are immigrants. Only a fifth? Uh, Seems like a lot more here. Residents from the seven countries made up 5.7% of all international medical graduates in 2017. If you add in the countries that could be banned in the future, like Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, Lebanon, Egypt, you're now talking about 16.7%. So that's becoming pretty sizable. Um, and if you drill down by medical specialty, immig immigrant geriatricians are more than half mm -hmm. of Ooh. geriatricians. Right, because immigrant they come... Sorry, go ahead. Because... Probably because they come from countries with socialized healthcare systems where um, taking care of the elderly population mm -hmm. is a legitimate priority. Yeah. And well, nephrologists are uh, not much lower at 47%. What about GI? Cardiologists, 44%. Yeah. Internists, 39%. Critical care specialists, 41%. In fact, the U.S. healthcare industry has the largest proportion of immigrant and overseas trained workers um, than, other in, than any other industry. Mm -hmm. Though... Like the hardest part about this is like, okay, so just not going into the politics or legality or anything of it, but these are the, um, oftentimes it's the international international graduate, international students that are coming to the areas where tech, where like not a lot of other people want to go, like the very underserved um, populations, especially rural communities. There are mm -hmm. hospitals out, um, there are hospitals in Iowa or clinics who ran almost entirely by um, by overseas staff. Underserved places overall would right. depend on these international, more international doctors than over. I wonder if, I mean, to put it in the in the terms of Trump's base, now that all these foreigners won't be taking up uh, all our jobs. I was going to bring that up. Yep. Maybe, uh, maybe the, uh, the U.S. match rate will will uh, will jump. Not jump from like 90, 97, 8 to, <laughs> to one hundred. Yeah. I was I was not aware that international medical graduates pose significant competition to the overall pool of U.S. Well, outcomes. it clearly doesn't. Since yeah, they you know, don't they don't actually yeah. they they it's add so more than they get, take yeah. away from the system. It's mm -hmm. so hard to get a residency here as a foreign grad. Like it was it like fifty yeah. percent or something like that. It's it's insane. Mm -hmm. Like it's basically chance. <laughs> I mean, you really have to at, be the best. Right. Yeah, best looking best. at neurology alone. It's like neurology's not one of the super, super competitive specialties. And as a foreign med grad, like you need to get like a 240 or something, 240 plus on step one to even be mo like moderately competitive for a residency here. Um, so okay. I think it's interesting that we're banning these people who they are the best of the best in their country. They're, and they're super intelligent the people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah, I completely agree. These are the, these are truly the cream of the crop people. Mm -hmm. I f I feel like this initiative is like part of a bigger umbrella of you know ways to f up the country. Is it? <laughs> yeah, or <laughs> yes, or you know, like 
A lot of people who support Trump, they're diehard. Like even now, despite everything, they are still completely devoted to him. It's true. Like I was, there was a story on Harley Davidson, which is um, on NPR the other day. Harley Davidson closing plants in the U.S., moving stuff overseas because mm-hmm. of the tariffs that the Trump administration is enacting. Well, Trump oh. would argue that they're implying the move before tariffs. Well, right? yes, they were. They, in fact, uh, mm-hmm. that's something. But anyway, Harley Davidson has said we're going to close. We're going to close some plants in the U.S. because we're going to move production overseas as a result of the tariffs. And their workers, who are Trump supporters in general, are like, yeah, um, we totally agree with that. Um, even if it costs them their job, I heard the same thing. Even if it costs us our job, thing. Trump is doing the right thing. Which, I, I don't, uh, okay, that maybe. It's it's like the best trick that's ever been pulled on such a big group of people who like people who would directly benefit from liberal initiatives who actively work against their own interests mm-hmm. by supporting. But you know, here's what I kept the Republican Party. Here's what I kept thinking during that story: like, what if what if they're right? Like, what if it turns out that that liberals have been I'm, and I'm a liberal. What if it turns out that liberals have been wrong all these years and that the way through the the way to to do the right thing in this world is to just be like a bull in a china shop and f- screw everything up and make it all crazy and you know somehow that turns into like well america's on top i you know like history disagrees i don't, no. I don't. history disagrees the moment that we became civilization that we moved from being you know animals roaming the serengeti to an actual civilization is when two you know, homo sapiens decided that they would work together, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and take actions that maybe were not supportive of their immediate personal interests, but would yield long term gains. And that is the very definition of society. And so if we go back to a society where everyone's just looking out for themselves, it really makes us know better than, you know, any other creature on this earth that's just looking out for itself. OK, you made me feel better. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Let's play a game. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yay. Let's try and play two truths and a lie. <gasps> I love this game. Ooh. Okay. Each of you, I would like you to oh, each man. make up two truths and a lie based on your med school experiences. We're going to leave it wide open. Oh, based on based med on med school. school. Okay. Oh darn. Okay. And we'll see if we can guess which one is a lie. Mm. Who wants to start? Okay. Give us a second. Yeah. I well. <laughs> Kidding, I will keep that up. I'd like you to match. So my life yeah. is so vanilla. I, I have nothing racy that I can say. Even, I have some things, but I. It doesn't have to be racy. Yeah. Oh, I'll, oh, I got one. Um. Go ahead. I I licked a frog. I caught a cicada with my hair, not using my hands. Uh huh. <laughs> and um. Okay, now you're making up the lie. This is the problem. Oh, You've no, got to come up with them ahead of time. Yeah, oh, sorry. We have to do this ahead of time. Okay, you have to sorry, blend so it that. directly into mm. the Okay, sorry. Just ignore me. <laughs> I don't this know. is hard Nothing with med school. Me. Make up your lie first. Okay, good good call. <laughs> I loved neuroscience. <laughs> <laughs> it was my time. favorite subject. <laughs> I had a great time on surgery. Oof, oh. Yeah, that's that's a big lie. Oh, I know one. Okay, so my um, so my my three statements are um, my my resident on surgery told me he didn't want to be my friend, 
Okay. My resident on OB-GYN told me he didn't want to be my friend. Okay. My resident on internal medicine told me he didn't want to be my friend. <laughs> Which of this is the lie? <laughs> Two of them are truths. Oh, this and is a those great were, one. Yeah, so those, wait a minute. We've got, what what, what clerkships? We've got, yeah. uh, we got surgery, surgery. We got surgery. OB-GYN. And we got internal medicine. I'm going to say medicine. medicine is the lie. Yeah, medicine. Yeah. Say. How did you guys ever get? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, he straight up told me, don't stop trying to be buddy-buddy with me. I don't want to be your friend. <laughs> wow. I was, is that, did it just come up organically or were you like, um, hey, no, I'm trying No, to it was on my evaluation, so. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. Ouch. Dang. Yeah, because I'm a naturally pretty bubbly person, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but that, it's okay. That can I mean, rub people the so wrong the lie way. Yeah, was, wait a minute, a the lie was internal medicine? Yeah, because on, on on internal medicine, they said they wanted to be my friends. Yeah, that's why I'm going. You know, God medicine. love internists. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're so weird. It's awesome. I yeah. mean, they're lovely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who else wants to go? I've got two of them down. <laughs> but I, I think need... the great thing about internal medicine, like internal medicine, has they're they're the sort of people who who are into everything, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they have to know everything. They have, they're really super like nerdy about <laughs> medicine, right? It's, it's like the undecided major of medicine. <laughs> yes. I like all of the things. I yeah. sort of think of it as the Leonardo da Vinci of medicine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if undec- I was undecided for much of my college career. And the reason was because I didn't want to do anything other than, you know, <laughs> play. Um, that's, yep. that's fair. I don't think that's the same reason. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> okay. I, I think I have them. Okay. Okay. So... A faculty member that I had worked with on an unnamed rotation offered to take me to Alinea in Chicago, which is like a $350 a person restaurant. Oh. Um, during an open carotid endarterectomy, I wasn't wearing goggles and got splashed in the face with blood. Okay. And... I got screamed at during a surgery for not forcefully inserting a Foley catheter into a guy's uh, area. Meatus. Meatus <laughs> that um, had um, Fournier's gangrene. Ooh. Oh. I know, what that, I know what that is. Ouch. Uh, well, okay, that one's true. I'm going to, yeah. The I'm, Fournier's gangrene one, that one's true. I'm going to say it's the uh, or, although horrible. carotid. I'm going to go with the carotid one, too. No, I think it's the first. What was the first one? Um, a the $350 restaurant. Some yeah, a faculty member offered to take me to a $350 person restaurant. The only reason I'm going with a carotid one is that none of the certain nurses would ever let you get away with yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was that one. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I love scrub nurses. nurses. Scrub nurses are hardcore. They're not going to let you get away with that bullshit. They don't even let the tenants get away with that bullshit. <laughs> no, yeah. they don't. No, I have never seen anyone yell at the like the like super high ranking dude before, aside from the scrub nurse. Hmm. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to mess around with a scrub nurse. You don't want to mess around with any nurse. I never got yelled at by a scrub nurse. Actually, that's because you're oh. a sweet guy, Tony. I guess so. Yeah, I um, I think that I think that uh, that you just project an air of good boy. Oh, and that you you know. It's a good, it's a good muse I have going, isn't it? It is. <laughs> do, I, do I project the air of good boy too? Because the nurses always yell at me. It's normally move, move, move. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say about that, Arisa. Although, you project uh, obstinate boy. 
I'm a bad boy. <laughs> You're a bad, bad, bad boy. Yeah. You're a bad Although boy. I gotta say, like, um, the only time I passed ever passed out on surgery was during a C-section. Is when this um the extremely helpful scrub nurse she looked over, saw my mask was slipping. You know, you can't adjust it because it's breaking sterile field. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, let me help you with that, and then she clipped it directly over my nose so that my nostrils were cut off. But she was so nice, I didn't <laughs> want to say anything, so I just tried to breathe, but I couldn't breathe in my mouth either. So um, I just passed out. Wow. That should have been one of your <laughs> yeah. truths and a lie. Oh, yeah. that's a good, good one. That's a good one. Did they, did you yeah. did you fall or did? Yes, they... in front of the father. And when they were wheeling and when they were taking the baby out to the thing, he looked at me like w- like looking like I was gonna puke out, like waving wavering around outside. Laughed and walked away. <laughs> hmm. I'm proud of you guys. Congratulations, father to be. Yeah. Excuse me while I lose consciousness. <laughs> yeah. You having trouble over there? No, I think I've got some. All right. Okay, good. Okay. Um, so in one of my first patient, uh, simulated patient experiences, I I did such a bad job of like, you know, playing the hello, my name is, I'm a med student, mm. sanitizing my hands game, you know, <laughs> juggling act. And then, you know, just, just really flubbed the whole thing up. And I was so flustered from the beginning. And as I was, you know, walking out, I uh, I told this simulated patient, like, well, I hope you get better, to which he said, you too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. That's number one. Oh. Um, number two, uh, one time when I was taking uh, one of our computer-based exams, uh, my computer stopped working, and uh, I didn't know how to get the attention of the IT person in the room and instead of just saying oh, excuse me I took a piece of chocolate that someone handed to me <laughs> as I was coming into the room and threw it at the screen to get their attention number two okay. wow uh, was number three um, number three is uh, a, a patient that I interviewed um, as a pre-op for uh, knee replacement surgery who uh, talked literally the entire time of our encounter so much so that i had to uh like close the door as i was leaving and still heard her talking behind the door as if i had not left the room i don't know but i think number three is true (laughs) Hmm, this one's hard i could see number three like maybe you're really nervous you know Mm -hmm. was it was it directly pre-op or was it a yeah, like, okay, she, like her, she was about to go into the ER. Oh, uh, that week. Oh, okay. But she was coming in to see. Basically, we were like, "Are you taking the aspirin?" And right, you right, should right. Stop. Okay. I'm gonna say two is false. I'm gonna go with one is false, just to be contrary. I could see three. That's a good idea. Well, we all pick one. All right. Even I'll though I don't think you're awkward at all, I'll I go- feel like I can't see you throwing a piece of chocolate at the screen. I mean, I can't either, but I wanted to pick number one just to be contrary to you. Yeah, that's there, fair. If you threw the chocolate at the screen, Aline, that's just weird. <laughs> I'm going to go with three. Is false? Is false. Okay, you have your answers? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, three. One. One. And two. Two. It was one. Is one, false. One was false. You was threw false. a piece of chocolate at a screen I, as a way I, to I get I 100% did. I was out of my mind with stress and like I just wasn't <laughs> thinking straight. So instead of like, uh, because my hand was up for like two minutes straight and then I started waving it because uh, I was in the upper floor of BSB. Oh yeah, because yeah. it's a, it's an auditorium with, with like a mez, with like a, a second level, like yeah. the nosebleed seats. Mm-hmm. It's freaking time to test too, wasn't it? It's a time test, okay. yeah. And the IT uh, person was at the front of the room 
And so I, you know, I held my hand up for like the I requisite say, one minute. Yeah. And then I started waving it for a minute. And you didn't like, think to just get like get up. Yeah, I don't know why. I, like, I didn't even think about that. It was so, our last no. exam. There's a lot of pressure to be quiet yeah. in those rooms too. Like, you, like if you sp- if you make noise, like, it, I have heard stories of people like like, oh, I can't believe that person I was sitting next to. Oh, they kept like breathing the whole time. Breathe so <laughs> yeah. hard or sniffling. You should, yeah. done, you should have done Irises like call like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they couldn't have blamed you. Be like, what the f- is that bird? Yeah, yeah. No one would know it was you. I I don't That's know why. And then you could just like look from side to side and be like, what? I don't what know. was that? that? Well, now that you're looking in my direction, hi, can you come over? Here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know why that was the next place my brain went was to be like, hey, maybe I should chuck this piece of chocolate at the table at the front of the room. Better than a sharp pencil. Yeah, yeah. But you or were better stressed. than just being like, hey, excuse what's great me. about that is that the chocolate, of course. So how this room is structured, <laughs> like the chocolate. You're throwing it from a height, and you're throwing it, it across over everybody. So it has like a, a so much momentum probably by the time it gets like I'm surprised it didn't break the screen. Okay, so the best part is that um, it was like a little Hershey bar, and it and it happened like to one land bite size Hershey. Yeah, the yeah. bite size, and so it happened to land like flat side down and made a huge smacking sound to the point where like everyone in the front row like jumped right awesome so yeah in the end in the final analysis a discreet excuse me would have been better than would have been better than dropping the equivalent of a brick from a height of a foot yeah on closer inspection of the situation <laughs> that would have been much more sense because then so the it lady who is a gem by the way she's the blonde woman who walks around the, the knitting building. one i don't know about the knitting okay. one but uh she's young re- relatively young and um just a sweetheart she's helped me out so many times she came up and i was wearing earplugs and so I took my earplugs and she was like, hey, yeah, do you need help? Yeah, never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> just just ask me to come over next time. It's okay. You can talk. No one's going to be mad at you. Never do that again. But just don't do that again. <laughs> was it like when uh, Irisa fed you cat food that one time? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey. I promise. Hey, never I do that again. Pro- so, you know, our listeners, we're, we're putting together this uh, this cookbook, as I said, did I say this earlier in the show? No, no you did. We're putting Dave. together this cookbook, okay? You can contribute to the cookbook I by visiting theshortcoat.com and looking for the or- big orange button that says, uh, what does it say? Food here. It says, submit your, it says, <laughs> send in a recipe. Big orange button. Okay, wait. Send Am in I- a recipe. I promise you that if it contains Arisa's specialty cat food on a cracker, it will be clearly identified as a joke. Okay, so so in my defense, I thought it was just really bad pate. I, I thought it was just really badly made foie gras because I come from a, spe- a French-speaking region, and so I I literally thought it was pate yeah. and that it was just American made. And the French. Bad. Okay. In my defense, I apologize very genuinely. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very. I've, I've had brain before. Oh. It was oh. really good. They call but that knowingly. sweet bread. Yeah. <laughs> they call that sweet no, bread. That's, no, that's I pan- believe that's pancreas. Yeah, that's pancreas. That's pancreas. Oh, pancreas. Is it? That's not, yeah. Which is also very good. Um, I can't say which, I've ever had pancreas. I'm not sure. That I, I had it at that like $350 person restaurant. So you, <laughs> oh, no, you went. So you we went. Said, I, didn't, I didn't go with this person. I had oh. been before. Oh, you're so fancy. You didn't go with the person who invited you. I've been twice. You just went on oh. your own. Good for you. Well, one was when I was working and I brought my ex-ex girlfriend for her med school graduation. Mm. Um, and then the time before that, my friend who's a pharmacist was like, hey, 
if you want to come to this place with me, I'll pay for half of your meal. I was like, dang. All right. Mm -hmm. I will pony up for that. Sure. Red lobster is fancy for me. Mm -hmm. I just Mm -hmm. want (laughs) to. Yeah. I I guess I'm just, I walk through life with both pinkies up. You do. Sometimes I put cilantro on top of the meal prep that I've been doing. Oh, I thought you were going to say the cat food cracker. (laughs) (laughs) Next time there needs to be I don't think I've ever garnished a thing in my life. I love doing it. No. What's the point? To be fancy. Yeah. Pinkies up, Pinkies Dave. up. Yeah. yeah. My pinkies are down. When in doubt, I don't have pinkies. pinkies out. I was born without pinkies. No, you were. You have one right there. Well, if you've made it this far. <laughs> if we haven't scared you away from listening to this show. As I said, don't forget to contribute your favorite re- recipes for medical student success at theshortcoat.com. Again, look for the orange. Send in a recipe button to add your delectable light. Delight. I'll yes. send you an SCP key fob if you if you include your contact info and every contributor gets a free copy of the final cookbook whenever it comes out in whatever form it comes out. Um, we and are if you in, out of key fobs. If yes. you include your exact GPS location, <laughs> we'll give you two key fobs. Wow. <laughs> and your social security will be an extra key fob. Well, yeah. Your mother's made a name as well. That'll be really helpful for us. Don't worry. The form is secure. <laughs> Meantime, we'll be putting a link to all the, to, well, at least many of the topics we've discussed. I don't know if I'm going to remember all the topics we've discussed in today's episode, show notes at theshortcoat.com. But for now, that is our show. Aline, Arisa. Hi. Tony. Bye forever. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Bye forever. Yeah. I, I don't know, Dave. We've just had some have you very hit, clashy type of interactions. Have you hit your limit? Yeah. He may never come back to the show yeah, again. Yeah, I, I don't know. No. It's okay. Um, we know his social security is GPS now. That's true. Yeah. That's right. Until next week, anyway. We know and, where you live. <laughs> and thank you, listeners, for making us a part of your week. If you like what you heard today, we hope we've earned your subscription. Not only do we give out free key fobs, but we give free advice. And they make cookies, too. It might... For a second, I thought you were going to say free kefir. It might even be good <laughs> advice. So send your questions or whatever you like to the shortcodes at gmail.com. You can leave a message at 347-SHORT-CT. We'll talk about it on the show. Special thank you to those of you who did submit a recipe. Got a few so far. <laughs> nice. And for those of us that showed up today, yes. unlike Mark. A Mark. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities Program. Our executive producer is Jason Lewis. Our opening music is by Dr. Vox. And our closing music is by Catmosphere. Talk to you in one week. Bye.